Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, we are back. UFC 260 going down tomorrow night, and we are here to talk about that card, including the big one for the heavyweight championship of the world, the rematch between Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou going down tomorrow night at the Apex in Las Vegas. I'm very excited. I uh, I got a little more fired up during the face-offs and the stare-downs. I'm ready. I am ready for tomorrow. I hope you guys are as well. Welcome to our preview show. We are live all over the place, I believe. YouTube, Twitter, perhaps Facebook as well. So thank you all for watching right now. I am Mike Heck, and joined by the Prince of Positivity himself, Alex K. Lee in Toronto. And of course... What is up, my friends? <laughs> of course, the man on the ones and twos, DJE, Casey Live. There he is. Oh, can I do another intro? Yeah. You want to do another intro, AK? Yeah, AK. Yeah, yeah. I think I, well, I wasn't sure whether I should do like a silent wave or just, I just, I just wanted to go UFC 260, Miyoji Chinganu 2 heavyweight title rematch. Tom. So the preview uh, show has become the Arsenio Hall show. That's great. I think, That's great. I just think people are. I don't. I'm not feeling a lot of energy around the card, so I'm just you know bringing a little. No, I, I, I had energy to do your woo woo oh. woo thing. Then it kind of. I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Tone yeah, it down. bring it back, man. This is cage I'll, fight. I'll tell it back. back. Bring it back. Right. There you go. Find your align your center. Find your chi. Okay, you're the prince of positivity. We need you, man. You're, you're listen. What we're gonna do is we want it mostly to be about you guys. Like I know we're gonna do the pre-fight Q and A tomorrow. And it'll be more about you guys, but we have a lot going on. We had the weigh-ins, we had the face-offs, we had Misha Tate, we had Daniel Cormier, we had Aljamain Sterling apparently going full heel turn, which is <laughs> honestly pretty cool for being honest. I didn't it was just kind of weird to think about, but he should lean into this whole thing. Uh, and then coming up at the top of the hour, more combat sports. There's a press conference for the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren boxing match on April 17th. Jose Young's the man, the myth, the legend en route to that press conference. So we'll have that for you as well. I'm sure that'll be loads of fun. Lots of trash talk should be glorious. Uh, But for the meantime, it's all about UFC 260. Of course, the main event for the heavyweight championship of the world, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. AK, we talked all about this on Between the Links. So I'm going to start with you, Casey Lydon. I know you gave your your take on the the, uh, the weigh-in show about this fight. So I guess my question is for you, how much do you feel like Francis Ngannou has improved? Because that's the big question heading into this fight, because 
the sample size since that first fight at UFC 220, Stipe dominated. He loses to Derek Lewis, and then he's had four first-round KOs, nothing like over a minute and 10 seconds since then. He's fought for less than three minutes since the Derek Lewis fight. How much can one improve in that amount of time, especially when they're getting quick finishes like that? Well, he can definitely improve a lot. But the thing is, I mean, like, it's just faith-based. We have no real evidence that he's improved. Like, for all we know, he hasn't he, he hasn't worked his takedown defense or getting off his back a single minute for the last, what, three or four years. What was that? How long has it been since they fought? Like 2017? 2017, whatever. Three, three, over three years. 2018. Almost three years. Three years. Yeah. No clue. And we just assume he's gotten much better. That's, I mean, we assume when he fought Cain Velasquez, he trained a crap load for wrestling. We assumed when he had his rematch with Curtis Blades, he was ready to defend that takedown. He just didn't need it because he has these two things, you know? So I have no clue. No freaking clue. I'm just assuming Francis is a professional fighter who learned from his mistakes and now that he has a completely um a new a new a completely new team with him compared to the first time they fought and um uh, with extreme couture i'm just assuming he's learned from those mistakes and is going to be better and that's all we know i mean I, there's no real evidence for anything we just which which is part of the reason why this fight's so freaking awesome cuz i don't know i watch every dang fight in the world but i have no idea what's going to happen with the most important heavyweight fight of the year you know <laughs> so what am I doing here? <laughs> well, prob- probably the second most important yeah. because John Jones awaits in the wing. So that's a myth. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> still not buying it. Yeah, still not buying it. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this, AK, because I've had people DM me about this and I wanted to get your take on this because we covered like every angle of this fight on Between the Links and all the different hot takes and stuff like that. What happens if Francis Ngannou loses again to Steve Miocic? And I asked that question because after he lost to Stipe at UFC 220. It took him five fights to get back to the spot. And a lot of people thought he deserved this title fight, you know, couple like after two knockouts, like when Cormier was the champion. Of course, they were tied together, DCA and Stipe, but here we are. But the heavyweight division, now we get John Jones, Derek Lewis is emerging, and now we got some young whippersnappers trying to make their way up there as well. Do you feel like this is, this is Ngannou's last chance to become champion? Not at all. Not at all. I'll make I'll make a bold prediction. If if uh, if he loses on Saturday, is it his last chance to fight Stipe Miocic for the championship? I would have to imagine almost definitely uh, because but, but I say that because I think we know that uh, Stipe Miocic. I don't know. Maybe he fights for another five years. I would doubt it. I, I, I think Stipe Miocic uh, takes a few more big fights, possibly a John Jones matchup. Of course, how can that not be of interest to him, both from a uh, monetary standpoint and the you know wanting to challenge yourself? I'm getting to fight friggin' John Jones, possibly becoming uh, the first guy to give him you know his first defeat. But other than that, once he fights John Jones, uh, if that happens, win or lose, I think if you're Miocic, you're gonna you're gonna plan to step away at some point. Certainly, if you can afford to. Um, you know, he's been in a lot of tough fights. I think I, I don't think he's a, he's looking forward to <laughs> to going through another facing the next wave of heavyweight challengers. Yeah, maybe he can beat them, maybe he can't. But he's it's a tough division to fight, and it's a lot of it's a lot of damage you're going to take. I don't care who you are. Um, that first Ngannou fight, we always say, man, he won, he dominated, and yet by the end, he seemed 
he seemed pretty exhausted. Maybe he wasn't hurt, but it was like that, that was a that was a legitimately tough fight, even though he was in control for most of it. So, so uh, to focus my answer, no, Nganu will get another shot at the heavyweight title after Miocic retires if he doesn't beat, assuming he doesn't beat him on Saturday. Um, at some point, Miocic will be out of the way. I think Nganu is going to be fighting for a long, long, long time, and I would still pick him over pretty much anyone else in the, in the heavyweight division right now. So, unless one of these guys uh, coming up makes a big leap. Uh, I think Nganu is the guy to beat um, should he not win on Saturday and should Miocic retire and eventually vacate the title. So not his last chance at all. Last chance at Miocic, yes, but Nganu will be UFC champion someday. And let me just clarify. I don't think that this is Nganu's last chance either. This is just mm. a question that has been brought up to me a few times, so I wanted to present it here since, AK, we we did 30 minutes on this friggin' fight <laughs> during, <laughs> between the leagues yesterday. So we, oh I mean, we've hit it from all angles. So... Let's just make our pick here and then go. We'll, we'll touch on the co main event and then we'll go to the peeps because we got probably like 30, 30 minutes or so before we go and get ready for the press conference. You both are with Francis, right? You're both hashtag and new. AK, let me start with you more yeah. specifics. Uh, look, it's, it's, I've just, and I hate to do it because I think Miocic is in great shape. He's a great athlete. I think the best version of Miocic, maybe, probably, maybe, probably, let me, let me be more affirmative up here. I think the best version of Miocic beats the best version of Nganu. Um, and I say that knowing that maybe we haven't seen the best version of Nganu yet. So to be fair, but from what from what I know, I think the best version of Miocic beats the best version of Nganu. But Miocic is 38 years old now. Uh, that's a lot of years since their last matchup. I think Nganu is only further into his physical prime. So just taking into account just logical kind of regre- physical regression and, and assuming Nganu has made any improvements uh, from that first fight again, and this is this is an assumption because we don't know because we haven't seen it in actual practice. I have to go with Nganu. Uh, he was close a couple of times in the first encounter to landing one of those uh, one of those kill shots, and I think he does this time. I think he gets the finish in the first or second round. A quick one, Casey. You're on team Nganu as well here. First, second round as well for you. Uh, yeah, I'm either, yeah, I go Ningano within the first 90 seconds or Ningano early second round. Um, maybe only because, uh, if he doesn't, I feel like if he doesn't knock CP out in the first 90 seconds, he will be a little more patient and he won't just unload everything and gas out within that first round. I think he'll kind of go crazy like he kind of normally, not crazy, controlled, controlled violence in that first uh, minute or so. And if it doesn't happen then, I still think, um, I'm going to assume he's better at, Getting the takedown, I, I figure he'll stuff a couple of t- Stipe's. He'll, he'll stuff a couple of Stipe's um, takedown or trip attempts, and uh, by the second round, um, he'll finish. He'll finish um, Stipe, and we'll have an and new. And I'm basing this on. I'm basing this on because I <laughs> trust uh, Francis is is with good coaches. That's all. <laughs> My, I, I, this could very well change tomorrow. I talked about this on the way in show. I'm going with, with Stipe Miocic to retain tomorrow for a number of reasons. One, sometimes as good as any fighter can be, sometimes one man just has your number. And I don't know if Stipe is the guy that has his number. He certainly had his number at UFC 220, and we've seen what Francis has done since then. Yeah, the fight against Eric Lewis. There's some mental things there. He's talked about it before, but man, did he come through four ferocious finishes in a row. Could Francis go out there and knock Stipe out in the first minute of the fight? Absolutely. He could do that to any man on earth, but Stipe is 100% ready for that. His team is 100% ready for that. And I feel like for Stipe at this point, beating Francis Ngannou is, you know, 
a nice little notch in the belt, but it's kind of like the way Kamar Usman is approaching the Jorge Mazadal fight. Like, yeah, let's go in there and I already beat the man, but I want to stop this man. I want to go in there and stop him. I want to make it more definitive than the first fight. And I feel like Stipe, deep down inside, even though he won't say this out loud because he's a very relaxed individual, he just wants to fight, doesn't want to do anything else. I think he feels the same way. I think that, that competitive nature inside of him to not just dominate the fight, but to stop Francis Ngannou is in his head. Like That's a goal he has in this fight. I think he has more ways to win. Clearly, the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Stipe. He's just going to weather that storm, and that storm that's coming at him is a category four hurricane and it's a dangerous one, but if he can survive it, I think he wins this fight. I think if it gets midway through the second round, things change. He gets it done. I think, for, I think Stipe wins. I, and right now I think he stops the fight in the fifth round. I think he gets a late stoppage. Ooh. You know, but I, th- I think it's interesting too, is like, I mean, you, you have to, you have to remember like how young into the game Francis was when they fought the first time. <laughs> And like, I, 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 I kind of compare this a lot to a little bit when uh, Stipe lost to Stefan Struve. If they were to rematch anytime after that, everyone would pick Stipe, you know, because Stipe was kind of so young. I think that was his first main event when he fought Struve. And that was, it was a lot of firsts for Francis, too, when he fought Miocic for the title. And, um, but the big kind of, oh, kind of unknown for me, actually, is what you talked about, Mike, is the uh, mental hurdle, that Derek Lewis fight. That one really worries me because could Francis basically come out there and kind of, like, true, not like, not like, you know, Dana said, Dana White said Kevin Holland had a mental breakdown, but could, could, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Francis have a mental breakdown when he sees, when he, when if he gets taken down, is, is he going to flash back to that first fight? Is he going to freeze it up and just not fire? And then not throw his hands at all because he just, well, I can't worry about the takedown. And could, could, could this possibly be a Lewis Ngano type horrible 25 minute fight? I don't know. But I, th- I think that possibility is out there. I just want to put it out there just in case it happens so I can take lots of credit for it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I wonder, and I said this before the, the face offs, I wonder if Stipe is going to throw a lot of kicks in this fight. I know it's dangerous territory, but if he starts lighting up that calf of Francis Ngano, starts landing leg kicks. It's a different fight, man. It's a different fight. And and we see steep we've seen what Stipe needs to do to win this fight. But I have a hard time believing, especially knowing that France Ngannou is at Extreme Couture working with a phenomenal coach like Eric yeah. Nixick, that they haven't prepared for that same guy. Like it's it's hard. You gotta focus on yourself because this game evolves so much, but you know that they're working on the takedown defense. They're working on getting back up to the feet. What if Stipe just says, screw it, I'm just gonna kick him in the legs five thousand times? There you go. How you get? I mean, I, it's a I, whole different thing. Can I? Oh, well, oh, first boy. of all, uh, hi, hey, Jed Mashu, what's going on? Uh, why, you know what? I thought I, I swear I thought we invited him. Uh, I guess uh, sorry. You know, my, my problem with my Wi-Fi. I think the DM didn't go through. So yeah, uh, sorry about that, Jed. Check yeah, your spam my, that's my, yeah, check your my spam bad. That's, yeah, check your spam folder too. I, I did. I did email you as well. Uh, sorry, that's my fault, guys. Um, I, I want to add. I I like that you mentioned uh, Eric Nixick, of course, Mike being uh, his coach for this fight. I love that uh, Eric said a couple weeks ago. I am watching. I'm watching the first fight every day. So I just have this image of him just like beautiful minding it. Just like he hasn't slept in like two weeks. He's, he's probably watched it more than once a day. And he's like two or three times a day. He's just on the window like this. Yes, this is the angle with best angle to approach to avoid takedown. Uh, and I also love that Kamara Usman's in his corner. I, I, I get it. I get it. These are all factors outside of what's actually going to happen. But it's cool. Like, again, since, as we said so many times, we don't know uh, uh, so, many, uh, so much about Ngannou's improvements in the cage. We at least know he's surrounding himself with like a super team. 
uh, ahead of his his uh, next title opportunity, and that's very cool. And I think I think these these things do matter when you reach this level. Every little degree matters. I know people will say, well, you know, it, like if, if Kamaru Usman coached me against someone, it's not going to make a difference. I'm garbage. But if if you, but at this level, when you're talking the best of the best of the best, if Kamaru Usman can make uh, like Ngano even like two percent better, and if Eric Nikosik can make him even two percent better, that that's the level that him and Miocic are at now. So you just need that that much more of an edge, and that you know whatever advantage there may be, it could be the difference between the knockout he couldn't get in their first fight and the knockout he might get on Saturday. Such a fascinating fight. Like, it's really mm. interesting. I, I, like I say these things, like I know what's going to happen. Casey said it best. I have no idea what is going to happen tomorrow night. It's so interesting. And that's what makes this fight so good. And I think that kind of speaks to the co-main event as well, because we got Vicente Luque, Ooh. massive favorite, minus 230 yeah. against Tyron Woodley, who is more than a two-to-one underdog right now, the former champion who has lost 15 rounds in a row in dominant fashion to Kamara Usman, to Gilbert Burns, to Colby Covington, this is do or die for Tyron Woodley. I mean, we've seen what's happened with Overeem and Dos Santos, and we've seen what has happened with some of these guys who were former champions or fought for the belt. And these guys that are making money, if they're not winning winning fights, they get shown the door. And if Tyron Woodley loses four in a row, doesn't matter at this point. Like, you could say, oh, he lost to the three best welterweights, but if he loses to Vicente Luque, AK, you have to imagine this is it, right? Uh, no, I mean Ma- Ma- Marion Renault is getting another <laughs> yeah. shot, right? I mean that, that's Marion Renault is not making Tyron Woodley money. She's not making Tyron Woodley. She has said that this is her. She has said it's like her retirement fight. So like, it's almost like they're like, okay, well, this is we're doing a mutual ending. And also, she's doing them a favor because Misha Tate needs an opponent, and it's like, you know, who's a veteran that she can fight that that's uh, you know a winnable fight. Uh, and and Marion Renault is tough, but. I'm saying, yeah, you're right. It is different circumstances. That's that's the point you're making. But uh, I I do think he has enough. You're right. The money, the money is a big factor. But I think there's a certain amount of star power Tyron brings uh, that I I don't think I don't think this will be his last fight. I think we'll, we're we're talking one more. I'd also like to know what his contract status is. I guess we should try probably uh, figure out his contract status because if there's like two fights left, obviously I would think they would let him they would let him fight out the last fight in his contract and and maybe figure it out from there. But um, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's the last fight. But uh, I, you know, we talk about how intriguing the main event is. This is intriguing, but for a different way. It's a great matchup. It's a it's a great matchup, logistically speaking, uh, where Tyron Woodley is in his career and where Vicente Luque is in his career. So so no faulting that, but I'm I'm concerned, Mike. I'm concerned for Tyron Woodley. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong because I think uh, I definitely picked against him in the Covington fight, and you know, for good reason. I I still thought he'd be more competitive. Uh, than than he showed, maybe I didn't pick against him. You know, what, guys, uh, people don't go to MMAfighting.com and check my predictions for that fight. Okay, that's we don't need to do that. Um, but after that, I I I think I maybe kind of made an agreement with myself. I don't know if I can pick Tyron Woodley in a fight again. I was really discouraged. I think by what I saw in the Covington fight. And again, Covington's a great fighter, so it's not like he'd lost to we said didn't lose to Schlub, but it's how he looked. It's the the result just it looks bad enough, and the actual fight I think tells an even worse story. So, Tyron Woodley, for some reason, this clip makes it to you. I know he's a very uh, media savvy guy. Uh, prove, please prove me wrong. Uh, I don't know. I know I don't know what I'm talking about. So please prove me wrong and put forth one of those championship level performances. Win or lose, put forth one of those championship level performances on Saturday. I think that's what I and everyone else wants to see. So, Casey, a narrative that I've that I've heard a few times is. If Tyron Woodley's going to win a fight, this is the fight. Like, 
I'm not comparing him to Ike Villanueva, but Ike Villanueva losing the fights he he had going into his last fight, the narrative was if Ike's going to win a fight, he's got to win his last fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> With the opponent that he had. And this is no disrespect to Vicente Luque because Vicente Luque is a is a monster. But if but Tyron's not going to fight. I mean, these are these are the guys at this point that if Tyron can't beat, like you have to start to question things. And Vicente, like I said, is a very good fighter. But Tyron is a former champion. He's only losing to like the best of the very best throughout his career. Is this kind of, do you kind of view it the same way? Like if Tyron is going to get a UFC win, it's going to be tomorrow night. Well, first of all, I didn't think we'll be talking so much about Ike Villanueva to it today. So that's a, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. No, I, don't, I actually don't, I don't, I don't agree. I think, I think Tyron can lose this fight and still be a, you know, a, a relatively, you know, you know, a, a, a ranked middle, a ranked welterweight. Um, because, uh, the same, everyone, both guys, what, what both guys have in common, Luke and Woodley is they lose to the best of the best. They don't, they haven't lost to, sh- 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 uh, uh, nobody's. So, um, I, I just don't, I think this fight's really important for Tyron to know if he's, you know, ever going to fight for a title again, which I doubt even if he wins this fight, I just think the age is too much of a factor to overcome. But, um, no, I, if, I think if if as long as Willie doesn't get doesn't get grinded out for three rounds, if if he loses like a slobber knocker and kind of just starts throwing hands and gets caught, then I think that's different. I think we're just worried that Tyron Willie isn't going to look like he's trying because that's just the impression we get. Just like, well, he looks in good shape, but he's just not trying hard enough. And I felt like we said we said a lot about Kevin Holland even last week. Well, he just, he just needs to try harder. You know, which is a, it's a weird thing that we say, but that's what we feel. Like, Willie just doesn't look like he's motivated in there. But um, Luke isn't the type. It, Luke isn't, uh, isn't Gilbert Burns. He isn't uh, Covington. He isn't Usman. He's not a guy that's going to be able to hold um, Willie against the cage or on his back for 15 minutes. So that's why this fight's very different. And that's why I love this fight. AK, you got that ponderous look on your face. Is there any chance that he retires? Is there any chance that he retires either because it takes another loss or he wins and decides this is, this is, I know he's said something this week about going out on top and, you know, maybe that means fighting for a title someday or again or not. But like we said, that seems unlikely. Is there a chance he puts on a great performance on Saturday and has a feeling of like, this is now the time for me to, to step away? I, I have a family. I have other in- business interests. Uh, I'm relatively, I'm, you know, I'm, Whatever, I'm mostly un, you know relatively undamaged, I guess, or probably you know as healthy as I as I can be right now, and I don't want it to get any worse. What do you think? Retirement either way, win or lose. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's po- it's possible. It's possible. I don't. I, I don't see. I don't see that quite yet. You know, if he gets a yeah, I was gonna say if he gets a big knockout over over Luke, I was like, oh, that'd be a good way to go out. But I don't think Tyron's that guy. I think you know he's he wants he still he still feels it in him that he, he still feels he still feels he could beat Usman. He still feels he could yep. beat Covington. He still feels he could beat Burns. He he's that guy still. He he like he still thinks he's you know you know uh, you know on the number you know like, uh, like first team you know like. Um, but unfortunately, maybe he's just like he's like a third team guy now. You know I don't know. I mean clearly he's I think no matter what happens he's good enough to be in the UFC even be like a top 15 guy now is Willie going to be okay with not being the best and just being a really good fighter I don't know I don't know 
Very interesting fight. If you hear a bunch of yelling, it's my kid all <laughs> angry and hulking up up there. So I, I apologize if you hear that. No, no, no. I don't think it's coming through. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. So there you go. Uh, Luke, a pretty sizable favorite in this fight. Biggest favorite on the card is Sean O'Malley still at minus 305. Thomas Almeida, the comeback on him is plus 275. Jed Mishu, 0% chance he walks away if he wins. I'm, I'm probably with Jed yeah. on that one, but who knows? I'm not talking money and contract stuff because that's a whole other issue that we actually just don't know enough information about to really yeah. uh, because the money like uh, like uh, Mike said earlier, no, um, Willie doesn't fight for the same pay that Mary Renault fights for, so that that's a that's a, that's gonna be a business decision on the UFC and Tyron Willie's part. But just as far as competitive spirit, no way he retires off a win. I agree. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, very interesting fight. We don't. Again, I have no idea how this fight's going to play out. Like, I favor Luke, but if we get even a smidge of the old Tyron, the guy that, you know, was out in space and blasts people in wrestling, and, you know, the, the, if we get the guy, if we get even just like a piece of the guy who fought Darren Till, then things are interesting. So I have no idea. Because remember that? Like, he had a couple of, couple of snoozers, and then he goes out mm-hmm. and starches Darren dominated. Till, has like a perfect fight. It was like a perfect fight. It was one of the most dominant championship wins I've ever seen. It was amazing. And he For was an underdog. That, and he was, well, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was underdog going into that fight with Till, too. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot yeah. of people who picked. I think I picked Till. Again, if people don't go to MMAfighting.com and look at my <laughs> predictions, all right? That's all. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if this fight with Luke happened like two years ago, Tyron would be like a like an eight to one favorite, or right? It's crazy that, and I get it. Two years is a long time in MMA, you know, in MMA time, but it is amazing how quickly their perception changes because he would have been a massive, 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 massive favorite, uh, and no one would have like if you saw eight to one favorite for Tyron Woodley over Luke two years ago, you would have been like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And now where now it's pretty, it's closer to even, right? Or Luke is slightly favored. Luke is a favorite, but that, that, that's why I think slightly, he's a big slightly, favorite. right? I mean, oh, that's why favorite. I think this, this is crazy. Big that two to two over two to one, one. No, two to one. Big, oh, he's a big yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's why right, I, right. I think wow. I think that line's crazy because um, wow. the same the same people that um, the same fighters that Woodley lost to, he would Luke would lose to too. Yeah, that's I, true. That's, I mean, and the, and the same and the same people that Luke's beaten to, to get to this point, I feel like Woodley beats. So, yeah. <laughs> It's a good match. It's a good match. Yeah, Not- Luke was like a very slight dog against Stephen Thompson, like very light. It was almost a pick 'em. Mm-hmm. So we'll, well see. MMA, MMA match right there. So Woodley clearly is going to win. Yeah, Thompson He's- closed at a minus <laughs> I did minus. Yeah, actually, Luke closed as the favorite minus one thirty-five wow, against Wonder against Boy? Thompson. That's upset. Thompson was minus one thirty, so it was like basically a pick 'em. That's one I know I got right. That's no. Oh wow, I did not. I did not remember that. I did not remember Luke being favorite. Wow. Yeah, he's a hard guy to gauge. Wonder Boy had lost. What, what, Wonder Boy had lost what three fights in a row or two? Two sure. lost two in a row, right? Sure, sure. So maybe Woodley's in the same position now, right? Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, Woodley, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Wonder Boy was coming. Wonder Boy was coming off the Pettis knockout, correct? Is that mm. it? Yeah. I think okay. So. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, I, I get you know people. You know, you're only as good as your last fight type of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he had the loss to Darren Till. <laughs> I still think Wonderboy <laughs> won that fight. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I forgot about that fight. That fight was forgettable. <laughs> All right, what, what are the peeps saying? We'll go to them uh, for the next, you know, 15 or so minutes. Uh, uh, let me see. 
Combo worthy Jamie Malarkey is on the main card. Miranda yeah. Maverick versus Jillian Robertson on the main card. And then, like oh, we mentioned, yeah. Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida on the main yeah, card. I well. Some people ask questions about yeah. other cars. People don't ask about, come on. We'll, get, we'll have plenty of time to talk about future cars. That's, after you know what? Let's, we don't have a direct question about it. One. Let's talk yeah. about O'Malley okay. and right. Almeida. Well, okay. I did see someone ask. I think our our, our pal John Danian, I think, was asking. Uh, I didn't watch the UFC Destined program that they did for uh, O'Malley, but apparently, you know, it showed a different side of anything. Uh, and I think the question was something like, "Is he? Are we getting a more mature, you know, thoughtful Sean O'Malley? And will we see that? You know, will that affect his performance on Saturday? Will we see an improve? You know, will that lead to in-cage improvements?" Casey, you seem skeptical about the whole premise of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, why would a mature O'Malley be any this have anything to do with the outcome of this fight? I don't, I don't like like O'Malley's O'Malley. You know, I think you know he does his podcast. He says a lot of stuff, and now we know a lot more about Sean O'Malley. Maybe that we we didn't need to know, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I, also but, not seeing the change in maturity yeah, per I, se. I, I, like. I yeah, I mean, I saw the I saw the the comments that he said about you know Megan Anderson on uh, on Ariel yeah, show. I was like, all right, that's yeah. a, that's that's a mature guy, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, but but that doesn't matter when they, when they fight, they fight. Um, I just like this fight a lot. Um, I think I'm. Uh, I think I think Sean O'Malley is kind of you know the new Thomas Almeida. If you no know, people remember when Thomas Almeida came about. No, everyone thought he was just gonna just—he was the next bantamweight, you no know, champion. But then he ran into Cody Garbrandt. Then he ran into Rob Font. Then he ran into—he lost to another really, uh, uh, really top tier bantamweight. But um, yeah, and I think uh, oh, I think was, yeah. Rivera. Yeah, Rivera, yeah. So he lost to two—he lost to basically three top five bantamweights. Does that mean Thomas Amada sucks? No, it just means he's not top five. Um. Now we now people said the same thing about Sean O'Malley. Oh, this guy, he's gonna once he knocked out Wineland, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's gonna be fighting for the belt soon. You know, and then we saw what happened with the Vera fight. Now obviously he took that kind of he took that loss uniquely, I guess. <laughs> and um yeah, so we're just gonna find out um, you know, whose hype is real. You know? Uh John wanted to clarify, he meant would would this new personality affect his star power? And it's like, no, maturity never makes you a bigger star in the UFC. <laughs> this is <laughs> definitely not. Uh, people like me in the media, hoity-toity people like me in the media might might be like, oh, yes, I love this new Sean O'Malley. He's so classy now. But your average fan, they don't give a crap. What? <laughs> they don't want to see a kinder, gentler Sean O'Malley. That's not a thing. Yeah, remember, I, I remember wish it was. Con I remember when Conor was. McGregor got on mature? And then he got oh. his butt kicked by Dustin Poirier because he was like the polite Conor McGregor. Get get yeah, out of here! The most boring, the most boring press conference <laughs> yeah. ever. I'm, sorry, I'm just saying. I'm just maybe I, you know, my, I, my opponent's very good. I trained hard for him. I hope I win. Uh, uh, hot sauce. Yeah. I love hot, Dustin's hot sauce. Yeah, that was great. That was so many great memorable <laughs> McGregor moments from the lead up to that fight. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I I think kind of what you said, Casey, about it, I don't think it'll affect his performance at all, and I don't think it'll affect his star power that much, whether he's mature or not. I think I think he's kind of built a brand for himself, and as long as he doesn't deviate from that too much. I think his popularity is only going to grow. There's something about him that he's really connected with people and uh, more power to him for that. If he can make money off it, he can build his brand off it. Good for him. What's going to affect his star power is Saturday night. If he if he beats up Almeida, star power goes up. If he gets knocked out by Almeida, star power goes down. I think mm -hmm. um, who he is is who he is, and that's what we like. You know, love or hate, we we still watch it. It's a car crash, you know, or 
or or a beautiful rainbow, depending how you want to look at it. <laughs> but no, um, I want yeah, people. I, no, I want people to change, Casey. Okay. I want people to change, <laughs> change listen, the way I want. Yeah. Listen, Sean O'Malley, he says dumb things. Mm-hmm. It happens. He says dumb things. But Sean O'Malley is lives the life that like a lot of like twenty somethings want to yes. live. He fights people. He plays video games and he smokes the uh, the wacky tobacco. I mean, and does it freely. That's what like every twenty something year old strives to be. He's living the what American Sean dream. Has, has done. <laughs> yeah, he's living the American dream, and he fights and he makes money and he knocks people out. Like that's what like twenty something year old guys all want to do. All of those things: play video games, fight, and smoke funny things that make you feel good. Like that's what he does. So <laughs> this is an interesting fight because. I think Almeida has the skill set to beat Sean O'Malley. Like, I think it's there. The problem is Thomas Almeida gets dropped in every single fight. Every time he fights, he gets dropped. And we saw what happened when Rob Font dropped him. You don't, I mean, you don't recover from that. He puts you away and that's it. And Sean O'Malley's got some pop on him. That boy can throw and he can land and it's devastating. So the, the question is, AK, can Thomas Almeida avoid the big shot can he start taking his shin and smacking it against the legs of sean o'malley because if he does that and gets off early this is an interesting fight but the problem is once sean lands is he going to be able to take that shot i mean that's kind of the fear for almeida right is uh, technically if we're talking just technically i would think most people would say thomas almeida is a a better striker and uh, sean o'malley is a great striker it's just almeida is is really 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 good and like i said maybe the results that people seen recently people have forgotten but again it's been against high level competition he's a great 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 striker uh but yes he does have a tendency to get hit uh and again when you're dealing with someone like o'malley he can come at you with some some pretty crazy angles and i think is one of the more potent finishers at 135 pounds that could end up being his downfall. So, you know, again, I haven't uh, finalized my picks yet. I do think I'm leaning towards Almeida, but it, it seems like a very, very uh, dangerous pick to make based, based on all the things you just mentioned, Mike. It's like, will we see, we talk about the maturity of, of O'Malley. Will we see a, a a more focused, more mature Thomas Almeida? Is this, are we, are we possibly seeing the beginning of the sort of the second stage, the resurgence of Almeida? Or are we going to see a lot of the same old mistakes we've seen in his fights, which has us, uh, you know, talking about uh, talking about him almost like he's a missed opportunity, even though he's only 29 years old. You know what I mean? But it's funny. It's missed opportunity, cautionary tale. Uh, will we see that version on Saturday? Hopefully not. Hopefully we get a competitive fight from both guys. Um, but uh, we know how this game works sometimes and, and uh, how much disparity there is between how we view the winner and the loser. So uh, I don't know. Leaning towards Almeida, but yeah, yeah that uh, O'Malley finishing power is is uh, it's it's you can't be can't be uh, discounted. Casey, the way I look at this fight is that Thomas Almeida, and we, we, were, we were raving about Carlos Condit and how exciting his fights have been in his career. If Thomas Almeida can find like the Carlos Condit that fought Nick Diaz, he has a good chance of winning this fight. Like oh, just sure. land, landing the leg kicks, being very patient, not getting into that like rumble style that put him over. I mean, Thomas Almeida likes to stand in there and throw bombs and take bombs and just have exciting fights. Can he tone that down? Like, do you think he can flip that switch and be more technical, be more patient and pick his shots and kind of win a boring decision? Because I think that's his true path to victory here. Uh, no, I don't think he can do that. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think, I don't, I, I just, I, no, uh, I, I don't think that's, 
No, no. Um, no, no. I think I think it's gonna go. I think it's just gonna be a battle of chins in there. You know, they're gonna punch each other a lot, and they're gonna see who's more durable. I think that's what's gonna happen. And um, and I don't know who's more durable with um O'Malley being what he's like five eleven. You know, he's giant height. You got a giant you no know, height and reach advantage, but that comes at a cost. You know, it comes. You're basically. I don't know. You're not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if O'Malley is durable enough to face these top top bantam weights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, uh, I don't know, I don't know how hard O'Malley's weight cuts are. I don't know if he's going to be a 35 or forever, but, uh, I, 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 no, I think, I think this is actually gonna be a super exciting fight. And I think someone's going to get knocked out in the first round. I feel like not enough people are talking about this fight. Oh yeah. You know, especially with O'Malley coming back and Almeida's got the weapons. I mean, mm-hmm. we, this is not like what happened in the Vera fight is not the first time we've seen O'Malley mm-hmm. deal with leg kicks and have leg injuries. This is like, that was like the third time it's happened to him. So the infamous Sukumthas fight. Yeah. And even like one of his fights before the UFC, (laughs) Mm -hmm. he won same thing, Mm -hmm. got dealt with leg injuries, got stretched out. Like he's dealt with leg issues before there's a path. Will he take it? That's a different story, but I'm, I think O'Malley's going to win. I just think Almeida's chin just scares me way too much. He just gets dropped so much. And I feel like that range eventually O'Malley's going to catch him and, all he needs is one, yeah. and I, I think he's going to find it yeah. at some point. I'm, I'm still, I'm just still a believer in Almeida because now look, going back and looking at the guys who he lost to at bantamweight, we didn't know how good Rafaunt was at that time. I don't think Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy Rivera was really. We had him as a, as a top contender either. Even, even though he never fought for that title, he was always right that, that kind of between you know three mm-hmm. and six kind of mark. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm still in the Almeida train, you know. But you know, but I can jump off real quick to the Mali ones right there. So. <laughs> I like this main card. I like this main card. I'm oh, not yeah. saying that outside. I mean, I'm not saying that outside of the heavyweight title fight, like oh, everyone should rush to 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 purchase this pay per view based on like the rest of the main card. But if you're already you know buying the pay per view because of Miocic and Ganu, I don't think you'll be disappointed by the other fights that are uh, that are supporting. Uh, Big Zomega Chin versus Shin, which will crack first. Yeah, yeah those good. hey, those leg attacks are gonna be a, yeah, it's gonna be a big big part of the fight for sure. But I like this main There's card. There's your poster. I, I really your, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like this main card. I think I don't think people will be disappointed if they if they shell out their, if they're already planning if you're already planning to shell out your money, you're gonna have a a, a good show to watch. I think. Yeah, worthy malarkey will be a good one. Someone's going to sleep in that fight more than likely. Mm. Maverick Robertson's really interesting. Good stuff. Um, and then the three fights we've already talked about. It's 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 a good little it's. It's a good main card. It's a fun one. Yeah. It's competitive. It's a good fights. main card. Yeah. You got, if you got seventy bucks to throw down, you should. It should. It should be five good fights. Yeah. And, exactly. And, and you have look. You have a. You have a heavy, a very compelling heavyweight rematch at the top. So, uh, yeah. The, you, it's. It's. It's not. I don't think it's as bad a pay per view card as some people are saying now. You know, after it lost the um, the Volkanovski Ortega yeah. fight, I don't think it immediately became like, a, oh, well, now this is it. Now I have to pass. It's like no. It's still a pretty strong card with a very, very good main event. All right, we got a few more minutes. Anything else from the peeps? Hmm. Um, no, I think we're. I think everyone's. You know, it's, think we're good. I think we're good. Listen, we're gonna talk more about this tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes. I mean, we've talked about this a lot already. So, pre-fight Q and A. Yeah, if you've Q&A watched like tomorrow, everything. Right? Yeah, if you've watched everything from like Wednesday on, like we've talked about this a ton. So we're trying to keep things fresh and ask different things, different narratives that I've heard and people have sent to me. Um, yes. And we'll talk more tomorrow. Uh, let's 
Should Francis focus on body shots? Surely his power would be wicked Ooh. to the body, not just the head hunting. That's an excellent question, Michael Easter. Everyone should be focusing on body shots. Yes. Just said everyone should be focusing on body shots. Uh, yes. But, of course, uh, if Francis wants to increase the chances of punching someone in the head, punch him in the body. Hands drop. Oh, look, I can punch the head now. So, um, yeah. Let's hope, let's, hope, let's hope Francis, um, yeah. He's just, he, he, his, he doesn't, it's not he doesn't just have a body shot KO in his career, does he? Body, I don't think he has a body shot KO even before the UFC, I don't think. No. Yeah. Not, th- not that I'm aware of. Um, but can you imagine – Oh, no, not gonna think about it. Even, no. One of those rib roasters, like imagine that uppercut that hit uh, Overeem, but imagine that right into your right into never. your rib. Yeah, you might never fight again. You legitimately might never fight. Again. Like that would might just end you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like one clean shot. Like I know people are saying like, well, he put, you're getting punched in the head. You put. Well, I mean, yeah, but like I'm talking about like imagine like, just your rib just shattering, just becoming liquid. From a Francis Ngannou body shot, uh, that would be that is another fun aspect to watch to see if he mixes up his striking a bit. Because again, there was a lot of head hunting in that first fight. We know there was a lot of head hunting. Imagine if he tightens up that boxing, is thrown in body work. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, as oh, far as scary. I remember, there was. I mean, he's only fought less than four minutes in his last four fights. I don't think he even threw anything to the body. No, didn't have to. Yeah, didn't have to. It's wasted didn't time. Have to. The head, the head's right there. <laughs> Again, but with Miocic, it'd be a little, a little bit more difficult if he gets starts mixing that body work. Man, I would love to see that. There's some interest. There's a lot of interesting fights from like a betting perspective on here that are. Oh there's no, some, Mike! Don't do this! Don't do this, Mike! No, no. See, I'm just saying. There's there's a lot of live <laughs> and interesting <laughs> underdogs on this card. They're they're oh, risky, yeah. but a lot of these big dogs have paths to victory. Like you, like where I wouldn't be surprised if they won. You know, so it's there are some interesting ones. I think Medesis Bakaskis being a dog, that's one of those situations where uh Oleg Zaychuk oh. is a is a hammer and nails kind of guy, and he could absolutely put Medesis Bakaskis out in the first round, no doubt about it. But Bakaskis has made a living off of weathering storms and taking guys out, and we've seen guy we, we've seen Oleg Zaychuk sort of we, sort of wither away as these fights go on and. So that's an interesting dog selection. I think Jared Gooden's an interesting dog against Nurmagomedov because let's just be honest, if this fight's on the feet, Jared Gooden wins this fight every single time. So it's just a matter of can he stay off his back? If so, can he get back up? That's an interesting two-to-one dog to look at as well. That, so, uh, that Nurmagomedov yeah. name is going to break a lot of heart. We, we've said before, kind of like, obviously, you know, that most of these Nurmagomedov guys, uh, whether they're related to Habib or not, are obviously coming from a very strong background. But I feel like the name is pushing the odds just a little bit further every time than maybe they should it's be. Because I think they have with Saeed. Yeah, I think Saeed, uh, well, he was the one he lost. He lost like his debut, I think, right? Didn't Saeed lose his debut or lost his second fight? And I think he was pretty heavily favored. Um, I'll have to look that up again. But yeah, it's definitely uh, minus... 240 that's man, that's big yeah remember say, remember umar umar's debut who's fighting like a legit legit dude and he was like a gigantic uh, favorite i mean he won he yeah. performed phenomenally but oh morozov he yeah. came through yeah morozov that's what it was yeah but yeah there's something almeida's an interesting dog woodley's an interesting dog i think Stipe I- Miocic is an interesting dog i mean there's a lot of dogs that that are worth a look i mean Jillian Robertson is a dog. I mean, I think Miranda's going to win, but still, Jillian is a very dangerous fighter in those first five minutes. We'll see. When was the last? Some, uh... I, 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 I know it happens more than I think it does, but like, 
who was the last or what were some recent times when the champion a, do, a dominant champion a champion who's like kind of defending his belt not like maybe the first time like like Jan was but a cha- uh, a long running champion that's co- that come in has an underdog last time a long running champion has come in as the underdog well there haven't been too many long running champions recently unfortunately that's kind of so you're going to have to go back a bit was hot was when I'm thinking Volk. Well, but Volkanovski wasn't a long-running champion. He had just he won exactly. He just won it. He was, definitely. Was, but yeah, was that was Connor the favorite over Auto. No, I don't think so. so like, well, let's, wait, wait, let's, wait, let's yeah. Look but then he lost. But he lost too. So, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely there's. I mean, there's definitely examples of this. Yeah. No doubt about it. We'll talk about um, it tomorrow during the fan during the fan Q and A before the fights. Yes, I guess. Yes, I, and, I and we'll get to a lot of – there's a lot of futures questions too. Obviously, guys, we're going to touch upon that. Uh, according to Topology, it was almost a pick em. It almost ended as a pick em, So, yeah, although yeah, Aldo is a slight Aldo favorite. Very, very, very like yeah. microscopic favorite. Other than that, um, Eddie, but Eddie was his first title yeah, defense. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, kind of champs had like hard. two or three defenses, you know, and they still came in as underdog. Ortega Holloway? No. Max is probably favored, right? I'm pretty sure Max is favored, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I think I think I think uh, Ortega was a very trendy pick for sure. I know a lot of outlets, including myself, <coughs> uh, picked Ortega, but I don't know if he was a straight up uh, underdog in that matchup. All right, I'm playing the music. Any fight Yamba Hall, which is in, he's the Close. underdog. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't wait to Yon fights again. Yon fights again because I'm gonna pick against him and he will win. Because I'm like yeah. over seven in his last fight. I, I'm, <laughs> like like how how Jed. Would never pick for Sipe. I never pick for Jan, knowing that he'll, uh, knowing that Jan will win the fight. <laughs> I'm always. Crazy. I don't think I. I picked him to lose to Rockhold. That's so embarrassing. I no, that's I'm not embarrassing. Sure. Rockhold was a giant no, favorite going to that no, fight. No, it isn't. It is embarrassing. Rock, Rockhold was it, like I'm a minus proud. like two fifty going to. That. <laughs> I'm not proud. No, no, not proud. All right, gonna gonna okay, all right, all we're gonna get out of here. Okay, all right, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. More on this tomorrow. We'll be back. Of course, soon. AK Wabis. AK Wabis predictions in the morning, but. Coming up at the top of the hour, another press conference. This time, Jake Paul, Ben Askren. The big fight. Frank Deere, <laughs> many others. April 17th, it all goes down. You know, Paul and Askren are going to get after it verbally, so it should be a lot of fun. Until then, for AK, EKC Lied, and I am Mike Heck. UFC 260 goes, goes down tomorrow night. We'll see you there. Happy birthday, AK. Love it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.